Boston College staff has certainly thrown their hat in the ring in the transfer portal this season, uh, grabbing eight players so far, and they're not done yet. On today's show, I want to look at these players and kind of go past the who are they and you know where are they coming from and looking more at what impact they have. And I'm going to rank them. You're going to hear from me, my one I think will be the least impactful to the one that I think will be the most impactful. And I'm just going to do it for the 2023 season. So you're going to want to hear which one I pick will be the top. All of this and previewing tonight's game against Miami on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Thank you, all of you who have made Locked On BC your first listen every morning. And for all of you who use Locked On BC to get your Boston College news, thank you to each and every one of you. Now, on today's show, let's get into this transfer portal news. My favorite topic of this offseason because it's just been so crazy. It's been a very, very busy season. And, and, and to go against what people had thought, it was not the, the exodus that's been the big news. It's been the mass incoming group that's coming in as BC stands at eight right now transfers coming in to next season. So I'm going to go look at these players. This is going to be our ranking show. We're going to rank where the players go in terms of a, um, their impact moving on into next year. We, you know, 2023 is going to be such a massive season for Boston College that these players need to, the 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 importance is going to be on 23 because, hey, if Jeff Halfley doesn't do well in 23, he ain't getting a 24. So let's look at these players. Who is going to step in? Where are their needs on this program that they're going to need to jump into that too deep right away and not only jump in on that too deep, but also be impactful right from the start. So we're going to start from the, from number eight and work our way down to number one. So number eight for me is the guy on the screen right now, George Rooks. Now, George Rooks, I think a lot of you guys are really excited about because he's a four star who BC was really high on. He's from St. Peter's prep in New Jersey. I think we need to kind of temper expectations because when you're looking at the other eight guys on this roster, they have much more extensive experience playing and many of them are coming in at positions of much more need. Now, I, th- I know a lot of folks here are going to go, okay, well, AJ, I think BC has a big need at, at defensive line. You could say that, but I think there's guys that if it, if I was a betting man would jump Rooks. Now, Rooks, he could be an edge. He could be more of an interior defensive lineman. I'm not sure where they're going to play him. It's all going to be based on how the roster uh, kind of – you know, how the, how the needs of the roster are kind of built out for Jeff Halfley. You have Donovan Azaraku. He is locked in at defensive end. You have Nito Paula, who's going to be probably your other edge defender. You know, I know uh, Mitch will probably come on and tell me all this schematic things that are a little bit different, 
but you have those two guys as your edge. So if he's an edge, he's going to have to start from below. He's going to be like either the third or fourth guys, depending on if he jumps Edwin Kalengi, who played a little bit at the end of the last year. And I thought played pretty well at times. So in that also, it, it, sorry, and I'm also forgetting a player. If Shida Salah comes back, we have not heard him transferring yet. Uh, he has not been told to me as a guy that's definitely leaving. So I, 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 I sense Rooks. I'm not blasting as a guy that could take a why, uh, like as a guy that will never be impactful for BC. I'm just saying it might take him some time. He's only, you know, a second year player here. And it, I, I just don't see him as a huge need position going into next year. So he's my number eight. Next is Alex Washington. Now, Alex Washington is a cornerback coming from Harvard uh, who played pretty well. But again, there's two cornerbacks and one's going to be a little bit higher than than Washington. He reminds me more of uh, JT Thompson, who came in a couple years ago. Just more of a depth guy. He's a graduate student. Obviously, he played at the FCS level. He's got a little bit more size, but I think he's a depth guy. I don't see him as like a huge impact. Like I don't right now, I, unless, you know, I'll have to go get to practices and, and hear what the coaching staff have to say. I don't see him as a guy that's going to jump in and like, be like the second corner opposite Elijah Jones and, and slot receipt uh, d- slot nickel. Um, uh, Josh to He's going to play a role. He will get his snaps, but I don't see him as an impact guy. And so that's kind of where I'm at with that. At number six, going to stay in that defensive backfield. I'm going to put Victor Nelson Jr. I, this this one for me is a guy kind of like JT Thompson, where I got to see what he looks like in a um, FBS uh, Power Five program. And this is more like a prove it to me type of player. Like he's got some good numbers, but he played for LIU. LIU is an FCS school. You know, he's got he's got to have be able to pull it up and show what he can do. That being said, I think he'll be more impactful than Alex Washington. I think BC needs safety help much more than they do defensive back help, especially with the other guy that I'm going to talk about in just a moment. So Victor Nelson, to me, a big safety. He'll probably be out there with Cole Batson, uh, will be a, a, a player, but he's still on the bottom half of my my impact players for this roster. All right. Number five, we're continuing on our list. If you disagree with me, hit me up in the comments. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say too, because this is my opinion. This is based off what I think, but I'm not, I'm not, I I like to hear uh, dissenting opinions. You know, it's the only way you can learn, right? So hit me up in the comment section if you disagree with me. Number five for me is, is, oops, where is my number five? There is Kari Johnson. Kari Johnson is an SEC defensive back. He played a lot for Arkansas last year. That in itself gives, for me, you know, the fact that he played and was on an SEC defense that had moments. I mean, Arkansas did not have a great defense. Strikes me as a guy that could play a bit. Uh, He has, you know, I think BC is definitely without CJ Burton. They're going to have a spot that they're going to need to fill. You might use Amari Jackson, but then you're going to need someone to fill Amari Jackson's spot. So it's going to be competitive. And I, I think it, this is the bottom half of the, of the of the impact players here. And, and believe me, 
none of these guys that you're hearing about today, I'm saying will not see the field just before we get into all that. Like all of these guys from George Rooks on, I think we'll play this season because they need to. They, BC is bringing in transfers because they need them to play. I'm talking about the impact on this roster. I think Johnson has every opportunity to be the second uh, cornerback. He'll probably challenge Mark Jackson and Jalen Cheek for that. But even if he doesn't, how many times does Jeff Halfley go out there with extra cornerbacks, goes with a nickel back, goes with you know dime packages? He goes out there with a lot of cornerbacks, and he uses a ton of them. So Kari Johnson has a role to play on this team. I think he'll be a solid, solid contributor to BC. Now, in a moment, I'm going to get to the upper half. I'm going to get to the guys I think are going to be the major contributors for BC heading into 2023. And you're going to hear my thoughts all about that in just a moment. But betonline.net is your number one source for bet sporting bet sports betting info stats news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football playoffs to college bowl season. They've got it all at betonline.net. You can ride the waves of the fun of making some bets on there. This weekend I put I I thought BC uh was an easy cover against Duke. Nailed it. Um, I almost went for BC with the money line, which would have been a mice bet, but it also would have been a really tough beat right there. But that was one. And then last night, I, as I said, I think I said it about two weeks ago on this show, when when Georgia was set to play TCU, I was like, oh, 13 and a half for TCU. I'm going to hammer that. Worst bet I've ever made in my life. But that's part of the fun of it, right? You win some, you lose some. And if you know your stuff, head on over to Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Locked on BC, AJ Blackhair. We are going over our top uh, recruits, uh, transfers, excuse me, from the last, um, se- the last segment of kids that have come in. Now, the first four we talked about, I I, I kind of gave you my thoughts on. These last four, I think, are going to play a major role because they're going to need to. And we're going to start that off with Logan Taylor, who was just committed over the weekend as an offensive tackle from the University of Virginia. Now, BC has an offensive line problem. It, you know, that's could be that could be the uh, subtitle of this podcast. Locked on, we have a, a, a offensive line problem here. And going into next year, you have one tackle position that is filled. Ozzy Trapillo is going to start. The other offensive tackle position is a gigantic, like Empire State Building size, like the size of Gasson, question mark, because you have no clue who that's going to be. It could be Kevin Klein, who missed most of last year with an injury. It could be Jack Conley, who had some tough times, but was a versatile veteran offensive lineman that the staff clearly likes. It could also be someone like Jude Bowery, or it could be transfer offensive tackle uh, Logan Taylor from UVA. This guy played a lot last year. He was a redshirt freshman, so he had some growing pains. But I know a lot of folks that really think highly of this kid. And if I was a betting man, I would think he's going to be a starter day one. He's going to start off at the right tackle position with Trapillo playing left tackle. And you got a guy now that has experience. That's got size. He's six, six, 300 pounds, which is good. I almost want him to be like three ten, but that's, that's just my, my, my needs. I like hog mollies to be as big as possible here. Um, 
but BC needs, they need him. They're going to need this guy. You can, you know, last year, the injuries were so bad. When you looked at what BC had to do at the tackle position, it was a nightmare. You were throwing out Jack Conley, who should be a guard. You were throwing out Nick Thomas, who was a walk-on. You know, you had other guys cycling in and out. It, it was it was a mess. Logan Taylor is going to have to bring some stability. He may not be the most talented guy right now, but if you can develop him, if it's Googs or some other offensive line coach, you know, that they move on to, you're going to hope that they can get him to that next step. That's a big, the big question mark, but he's obviously one of the bigger names that BC brought in. Then we're going to go on to the offensive, to the running back position. This is Bashal Tootin. And I said on yesterday's show, I'm still concerned he may even come to Boston College because he was visiting and he looked like he had on Virginia Tech gear up on his Instagram page. And if we saw anything with how other recruitments go, staff hate when you commit to somebody. If you go and do official visits, they, that's a, I know a pet peeve for a lot of staffs. So he may not even come to Boston College, but I know for a fact that you know, BC probably has contingent, and I can tell you they're they're looking at contingency plans. Who knows if he if he doesn't come, they may be looking at other guys as well. Tutin comes from NCA and T, and would provide much needed depth at a wide at a running back position that was decimated by injuries last year. Alex Sinkfield didn't play. Cam Farfield didn't play. Alex Broom hurt. Pat Garwo tackling dummy because there was no offensive line. They needed depth. They need, you know, they need a guy to basically replace Alex Singfield, but a guy that can also, you know, step in and, and be a, a a back. And Tootin is that guy. He had, I believe, was it, 13 touchdowns last year total for NCANT. I've talked to the Locked On HBCU uh, podcast guy, and he's like, you guys are getting a dog. This guy is good. So hopefully he comes. Cross your fingers. He's from New Jersey. Hopefully he ends up at BC, not at Virginia Tech, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. It's about another week. We'll find out, you know, if he signs his, his papers, you know, I'm sure the school will announce it. If he ends up in Blacksburg, hopefully BC has another plan B because they do need some depth there. So he is my number four. Uh, sorry, number three. Number two, I didn't put a picture up, even though I should have, is a guy that I, I, I mean, when you were taught, we talked about needs of this program. This position was a position I just I didn't see the BC having a huge need for it. But when they got this guy, I was like, damn, they're they're going for the jugular here. And that is Ryan O'Keefe, wide receiver from UCF. Now, Boston College clearly need, you know, lost a major contributor in Zay Flowers at the end of last year. All-time leading receiver for BC. He owns almost every record for Boston College. You know, fan favorite, big time player. They go out there, and I don't know why Ryan O'Keefe didn't get this, the uh, rankings that a lot of other wide receivers get in this tr- transfer portal thing. But the fact that guys that don't really play all that much or were a higher-rated recruit are rated over a guy that has 150 catches over the last two years is something that complexes me because I don't understand how a guy that has shown you that he can be one of the best wide receivers in the AAC with lightning speed and game-changing ability is better than a guy who hasn't played yet. I I don't get that. I think this guy is going to be a stud for this team and it fills a big time role and and really helps all the other spots kind of slot out, right? 
Because with him, he's going to start day one. He will be the role that Zay Flowers played last year. You put him out there and you have, you know, Joseph Griffin, Jalen Gill, Dino Tomlin, and whoever else. And you have a good, solid group of wide receivers that can do things. And you have a guy that's established as a star. That's a big deal. That gives you an offensive weapon that many didn't think you would have gotten out of the transfer. Board. He's a guy that I can't believe Boston college even got like you get a guy like that with such a pedigree. You would think that a school like any, any blue blood that has a huge NIL deal would have just paid to get him like a Nebraska or something like that. would have just paid to get him to come in and try to fix some of their problems at wide receiver, but BC landed him and it was a massive get for Boston college. And my number one, and this is in terms of needs for the program, and I think will actually bring a, a level of stability that is unmatched on any of the other guys that we just talked about, and that is Kyle Hergel, the offensive tackle. I mean, offensive guard. Now, this is all in, in relation to what is going on with that position. The guard position at Boston College last year was a unmitigated disaster. Because BC was, you know, they lost, you know, a ton of talent there. You know, Christian Mahogany goes down. Then you're forced to to throw in guys like Jackson Ness and, and Dwayne Alec and Jack Conley and all these other guys. And they just, none of the, like, I mean, I, I don't have the pro football focus grades, but I'm guaranteeing BC had the lowest grade guard grades in the, in the conference, possibly in the country, because they just had so much trouble there whether they were putting guys that were out of position, guys that were younger, they just didn't have what you needed there. Now you have mahogany at one, obviously potentially the best guard in the, not only just in the ACC, but in the country, you bring in a guy that is all conference at guard at the other one, because he played for Texas state. He was very good there. He was one of Bruce Feldman's freaks, uh, which I love those, those things. He's, he's a athletic freak. You have stability now at your two guard positions. This should no longer be an issue for Boston College pending any sort of injury. Pray to God it doesn't happen. But BC now has their guard positions, a position that was such an issue last year, all of a sudden becomes an, a position of strength. This is the biggest impact guy that they landed. And he's not a guy that, I mean, I went and looked for pictures of him on, on our uh, database. There's nothing there of him because he played for Texas state, but he's, he started, he has solid pro football focus grades. This is a, this is a big time get for Boston college. And I think he is going to do a lot of things for the Eagles that you're going to see, um, hopefully solidify the run game and keep Emmett Moorhead on his feet instead of having him getting crushed every time he drops back to pass. So that's my thoughts. That wraps up our rankings. Do you agree with me? Disagree with me? Hit me up in the comments section. And if you are listening to this, first of all, thank you. Hope you're all having a great new year. And I love talking to you every single day. We're the only daily Boston College podcast out there. And I try to do my best job to bring you all the news and analysis that you need. And if you want to do it on YouTube, even if you don't want to do it on YouTube and you just want to help out the podcast, go to youtube.com, find Locked on BC and hit that subscribe button. You'll get all our latest news. We'll have updates on there. I, I throw up uh, reactions quickly after each game. You're going to find this only on the YouTube channel. So hit subscribe. We're trying to get to closer to 700 subscribers. We're 13 away right now. You could be helping us get to that number. In a moment, 
time to switch it up and talk a little basketball. I've got some news about women's basketball that I think folks want to hear about and some men's basketball updates as we head into a massive game in one of the best ACC teams in the country, the Miami Hurricanes. We'll get into that in just a moment. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Hope you're all doing well. So basketball, it, let's talk basketball. It's our daily segment as we're in the season talking about basketball. BC is going to try to uh, rally after a, a heartbreaking 65-64 loss to Duke that showed BC had a lot of moxie, but they just couldn't um, execute to the level they needed to beat a team like Duke. And that's tough because they're not just going from Duke to you know, a team that they can beat. They're playing one of the best teams in the ACC. A team that's only lost two games this year, the Miami Hurricanes. And what's concerning about this game is that they have one of the most prolific scorers in the ACC in Isaiah Wong, a guy, uh, that lawyer in Miami, made sure he took care of to come back to the Coral Gables at the end of last year. This is an NBA guard right here. This kid is going to be really, really good. So the biggest story heading into this game is how BC's guards looking at GU Jaden Zachary are going to be able to match up against Wong. Because if I, I don't have his stats in front of me right now, but Wong last year, if I remember correctly, when BC played Miami had a big time game and was one of the biggest difference makers. No, um, you know, I think back to they, they had, obviously they played in the ACC tournament as well. That was a big game. Um, that's, you know, BC was right into, but it was Jordan Miller that hit that layup to win it for Miami. Miami's beatable. I, I, I don't see anyone in the ACC that is not unbeatable, but this is a big game for BC. BC showed that they belong against Duke, but they didn't show that they had enough. This game, you're going to get Quinton Post back. You, you know, he's back. Maybe you'll get him into the starting lineup. Can you go down to a place like Miami? It's not the the hardest place to play at. I, I, I can think of BC playing pretty well down there in the past. Can they go down there and finish this off? Get a big win. This is this would be another massive win for Earl Graham. But they're going to have to play really well. Sloppy defenses and, and failure to close out. Isaiah Wong is going to kill them. They need to play very well. And I'm not sure they can do it, but we'll have to wait and see. It's gonna. I think it'll be a closer game than I'm sure the spread's going to be. So, you know, head on over to Ben Line if you agree with me. Now, let's wrap this up with some women's basketball talk because I love when women's basketball is playing well. And that's, I mean, that's like Joanna McNamee's MO at this point. Big day in terms of women's basketball news as Dontavia Wagner was named ACC Player of the Week after having two massive games uh, last week and uh, their two wins against Florida State and NC State. She averaged, you know, it was 16, 17 points a game. She had a massive weekend, but it wasn't just her. It was, and I'm going to probably mess her name up. Uh, Tana Mayer, uh, who is a true freshman, was not only named ACC Rookie of the Week, but was named Tamishka Hutchins, um, AC, uh, sorry, college, women's college basketball Rookie of the Week. Again, Joanna McNamee's got something special going on there. So they're playing again soon. They're going to be playing uh, this week, and I believe it's against Syracuse. Um, and that's going to be another big game for them. So, um, 
yeah, they play on Thursday against Syracuse. That's a big, that's a big one because Syracuse is playing pretty well themselves. So we'll have some reactions to the women's basketball game too, because I know a lot of folks are interested in that. They're a 12 and 14 BC's a 13 and five team. Yeah. Strap in. That's going to be a fun game to talk about. So we'll be, we'll be there to talk about that. Well, this is AJ black. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow to recap the, We'll look at any transfer news that comes up and sure we'll have lots else to talk about. Follow me on Twitter at AJ black underscore BC on Twitter or at locked on BC on Twitter as well. Well, thank you all. We'll see you again soon. Take care.